Drilling fluids touch just about everything in the drilling process. We're here to deconstruct the drilling process and drilling fluid concepts to provide a deeper understanding of our industry. In each episode, we'll share information, talk to interesting people, and maybe share a few stories along the way. Welcome to The Flow Line, a production of AES Drilling Fluids, brought to you by Matt Offenbacher and Justin Gautier. All right, welcome to this week's episode of The Flow Line. We're joined today by Alex Davis, petroleum engineering student at Texas Tech. Alex, welcome to the show. Where are you joining us from today? Thank you, sir. I'm in Lubbock and happy to join you guys today. Uh, we're excited to have you. And one of the cool things, I met Alex. He's been the AAD student chapter president at Texas Tech. And, you know, one thing we do at AES is we we like reaching out to students. And so we've presented just what are drilling fluids to a few groups and that sort of thing. And unfortunately, it's mostly been over webinars, but I don't want to offend any of the other student chapters. But Ricky and I had the best time with the Texas Tech student chapter and enjoyed it so much. And Alex was open to coming on. And I think it's just, it's been really fun hearing from folks who are kind of learning the business. And so we're really excited to have him and have his perspective today. Yeah, well, no, it, it is. And, and certainly appreciate your time, Alex. And it's interesting because, you know, we've, we've recently fortunately been in the position to, to bring on petroleum engineers and historically on the service side, especially smaller companies, it's, you know, you hire, whether it be rig hands to move into mud engineering positions, but you know, that's, that's slowly shifting. And so it's, it's really interesting to see, you know, engineering graduates interested in our business and, and you've taken, you know, some interest in it. And so again, just to really get your perspective on things and What's interesting, you know, when I looked at your profile on LinkedIn is I noticed that you started off by getting your bachelor's in psych and pre-med at Abilene Christian University, then decided to completely flip the script and jump into petroleum engineering at Texas Tech. So I'm just very interested in, in what made, you know, what made you do the switch? Sure. Yeah, that's a great question. It's hard to explain, but I think, you know, it really comes down to, I was looking into healthcare and didn't see myself doing that long-term, but I did like the problem set, the engineering brought to the table. A lot of overlap with healthcare, I think, a lot of problem solving, a lot of trying to help people out when they need something fixed or solved. And so that was initially what brought me to engineering. And then I had a friend down in Midland that took me out and showed me around to kind of explain the process of oil and gas, what that looked like. And, you know, I really saw myself doing that long term. And so before you know it, I was starting school at Texas Tech University. And, you know, here we are four years later about to about to finish up. So it's, it's been a whirlwind, but I'm thrilled with the decision I made to go back to school. Yeah. I'm very fortunate to be in that position to be able to do that and try to pivot the career path a little bit. That's it. And so where are you from originally? I grew up in Denver, Colorado. Ah, so I was just there to, yesterday. Were you? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, I miss it. I miss the mountains, but fell in love with West Texas too. So <laughs> you did. Okay. So that's yeah. interesting. Most, Big most has mountains. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, it's funny because most folks, you always want what you can't have. And so like me growing mm -hmm. up in Canada, I always wanted to move to a warm climate. And, you know, although I do miss the mountains and things like that, to me being down close, you know, on the Gulf coast where the weather, in my opinion, is nice. I can identify with you. And I don't know if I would necessarily say like, oh, I'd love to move to West Texas, but regardless, you know, growing up in Colorado, at least now you have a, a an excuse to go back and visit and I'm sure family and friends are always welcoming you with open arms. So, and, and the and the good yeah. thing about oil and gas and energy in general, Denver is one of the major hubs for oil and gas. And so 
I mean, myself, I lived there for about a year, year and a half, you know, in my early days of, of living in the States. So, you know, I'm sure that maybe if you stay in energy, that'll probably be one city you end up landing in at some point in time. So, yes, sir. Yeah. My first internship was up there, north, northeast of Denver. So, oh, it was. Been up there and, uh, yeah, I got to live with family. So, it was, you know, the perfect, perfect situation. So, yeah. One of our, right. one of our customers actually has an office in Golden. So, we took a gentleman who had never been to Colorado to a meeting and yeah, going into the mountains, he was just blown away and it's like, wow, oil and gas does exist up here. You're right. It was really just a cool experience. And so, yeah, anyway, not to get sidetracked, but I'm curious, you know, what is your favorite part about petroleum engineering and not necessarily because engineering, the discipline itself has a lot of, you know, kind of crossover, but with the petroleum and the energy side of it, does anything really kind of resonate with you to say, you know, this is something that I'm passionate about? Yeah, I would say right off the bat, just how broad petroleum engineering is in the oil and gas field is as a whole, you know, four years isn't enough to learn enough about the entire industry. It's just enough to get your feet wet and, you know, really develop that passion. And so I think early on, I did you know, gravitate towards the drilling side, really, that really clicked with me. And so I was thrilled to, you know, have an internship where I got to live on a rig for a couple of months and uh-huh. uh, see that side of it. So I really taken to the drilling side, but the fact that, you know, every day is a different day, you get new problems thrown at you and, you know, maybe in a couple of years, we'll go work in production and see what production has to offer. So I think just the, you know, how wide the field is, is, is really something that keeps me going. Yeah. My observation early on was that the drilling guys were always kind of grouchy and in a hurry all the time. <laughs> and the, the production guys, like especially offshore, they always had like a pool table and like their relief always showed up. And oh wow. You know, it, was, <laughs> it was sort of like, wow, we're on we're in two different worlds here. But it is interesting because you're I mean, it is this whole realm of engineering that you start talking on the production side and you're like, wow, I know a lot about drilling and upstream, but I didn't understand anything on, on the other side of it, you know, midstream, but all, all that facilities and infrastructure to actually make drilling a well worthwhile is a whole other realm. Right. Yeah. And I think that's one thing that's really almost intimidating about graduating soon is that, you know, you've got, you've got so much to learn, but that makes it exciting too. And so I think you're exactly right. You know, yeah. different realms have, have a lot to have a lot going on that, you know, it's just going to take some time and experience. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, amongst your classmates and everything, what's, we just went through a really, really tough year in the oil field. It wasn't that long, you know, a few years before that we went through a tough year, but I was just curious, you know, what's, what's kind of the vibe of amongst your fellow students, you know, obviously they're excited about graduating and and what the future holds, but there's probably still that kind of, you know, uncertainty and all that is, is the mood feeling a little better or people kind of, I don't know, Fill us in. Sure, absolutely. So it's it's really kind of funny because last year when we were juniors, we looked back and said, "Hey, thankfully we're not going to be those guys," you know, because they were going into coronavirus and and things were slowing down, demand was dropping, and so we said, "Hey, that'll give us an extra year." And then, lo and behold, a year later, we're still dealing with the coronavirus and trying to get you know things coming back up. That being said, though, I think things are starting to open up. Hopefully, you guys are seeing that too, and. And so we're starting to see companies come to school and recruit. It is a little bit later in the year than we you know, expected, but yeah, things are picking up and people are getting excited again. And so there's a lot of, a lot of students with jobs already that actually just, just came this week. So 
Oh, wow. Yeah, things are looking really good. It's a little bit later in the game than we had hoped, but that being said, yeah, it's, it's opening up, so yeah it's it is interesting i mean you're fortunately you're catching it hopefully on a you know on a wave if you will and when i graduated college up in canada it was 2008 and that was somewhat of a downturn and when i graduated i didn't have a job i delivered furniture for like four months before our parent company picked me up but yeah it's an uneasy feeling you know you put in the work you grind away and you know you go to all these you know job fairs and you know, you think you got the world by the tail and next thing you know, you walk the stage and then you wake up the next morning. It's like, I spent this much money. I spent this much time. I will probably have some more gray hair and I don't have a job. <laughs> this is depressing. Right. And then you go right. deliver furniture for four months. So what I can say is just hang in there. And for any students that are graduating or maybe have graduated even a year ago, this industry is cyclical and things are opening up you know, oil demand, which obviously adds to increased activity is going up. So it's it's a good time to graduate. I, I think, you know, like you said, things are opening up and hopefully there's some optimism amongst your peers. And if you, you're in class with folks that are somewhat down and out, we're always willing to talk to anybody. And so, you know, if they're looking for someone to talk to, to kind of get some insight into what's going on, you know, use us as a resource. We love helping and just really providing some good insight as to what's going on in the industry. But, you know, with that said, I'm curious from your perspective as well, Alex, is, you know, right now there's a lot of emphasis on and, and a lot of headlines talking about, you know, big tech and, you know, renewables and, and just as a lot of excitement and buzz, not so much on the oil and gas side. So what would you say from someone like yourself who went into petroleum engineering and is now graduating what can we do as an industry to attract the next generation of leaders and executives such as yourself? Did you see like, like, let's say your peers, you know, from Denver or whatever that may be pursuing data science or other forms of engineering. Do you have any suggestions what we can do as an industry to attract young, you know, eager talent to get into energy? Sure. I think stressing the importance of energy and especially on the oil and gas side, I personally, you know, part of the reason I went back into to school on the oil and gas side is I didn't see oil going away for a long time. Yeah, there is that shift towards renewables and you're seeing more Teslas on the road, so to speak. But, you know, I think I think there is that excitement with data science. I think that's a huge push that we're seeing in our, our curriculum right now. Okay. Uh, several, several classes are being focused towards that. So I think, you know, stressing the fact that oil is here for a few more decades anyway, or, you know, however long it is, but that we still need engineers and that excitement. Yeah. It's tough. It really is because <laughs> there's a push that it's, it's hard to overcome in the media, I think. But, you know, one thing that's really cool about my class is there's a lot of guys that just, that's what they want to do. And they knew early on, this is the right field for them. And so I think, you know, rewarding that, that passion is, is very motivating for a lot of the students too. Right. And I think that directly ties into your initiative that you've taken to join the AEDE chapter. You're heavily involved with that. And, and I'd like to hear a little bit more about that. And, and so what made you decide to become the president of TTU's AEDE? Sure. Yeah. They were some of the, the early connections I made in the department of petroleum engineering at Texas Tech. And so as a sophomore, that's when you, know, you kind of transition out of the foundational engineering courses into the upper levels. And so I got involved with them just as a member and then became a fundraising chair for AAD and then worked with the SPE as well. Ah, yes. Working with membership team on that. And so 
you know, as a junior, it presented the opportunity to run for president and they were, you know, looking for the officer team for the following year. And so I thought, you know, it'd be a great opportunity to step up, develop some leadership skills and, you know, get to know some people and, you know, guys like yourself that some opportunities that I thought would, you know, be great as a student. And then hopefully, you know, further on down the line, you know. Yeah. That's one thing that, you know, I've had students and folks that even have, you know, worked in the industry a couple of years and then due to, to, you know, COVID got laid off. It's like, oh, what can I do? You know, you know, do you know anyone who's hiring? And the first thing I always suggest is join as many, you know, organizations, attend networking events, which again, obviously is challenging, but thankfully for technology, we can go to, you know, join webinars and do things throughout the day, you know, virtual events and stuff like that. But I think it's so important and I'm glad that you took it upon yourself to, to join AEDE and hopefully most of your peers have, but joining those organizations is such a fascinating way to meet people. And really in our industry, it's such a people's industry. A lot of business, what we do is face-to-face. Everyone uses each other as a resource. You know, I'm, I'm in drilling, but I have a friend who's in, owns his own frat company and he was looking for, you know, some equipment and I was able to hook him up with someone I knew here in Houston. And so it just, you never know who you'll meet and how you'll impact them and how you can maybe connect people. And then on top of that, if someone, if you kind of strike a chord with someone in, you know, you never know a job opportunity might come up with them just saying, wow, you know, I met this awesome kid at ADE and he's eager and he's hungry and he's ready to do whatever to, you know, make the world turn. And it just, I emphasize that. And I, and I love hearing that folks like yourself are doing that. What kind of message would you like to relay, say, to anyone considering joining ADE? And, you know, maybe someone who's a little bit more reserved and isn't really good with the networking and getting involved. Do you have any words of encouragement or, or just maybe an example of how it's helped you? Sure, absolutely. I will say, I think it, for everybody, you know, it, it is tough to put yourself out there and volunteer your time and meet new people, especially when you're 18 years old, 19 years old, you're trying to figure out who you are. Yeah. Um, that's something I think we've all, all been through. And so that first time is a little strange, but go out and meet somebody and volunteer your time. That's, that's one of the, the best ways our, our kids get involved is, you know, in a normal year when we're not doing Zoom calls, it's, you know, come early, set up tables and get some free food and, you know, talk <laughs> with the, the host and things like that. And then, you know, you build friendships, relationships with your, your classmates. The next thing you know, you're, you're working together, you're studying together. And before you know it, you're, you know, you know working with AAD as an officer or something like that. So yeah, just, you know, putting yourself out there, being willing to kind of go the extra mile and show that you're, you're interested. And, you know, I really think that enhances the curriculum side of things too, Yeah, because it takes the classroom yeah. from just the book to, Hey, here's guys in the field. Here's what they're seeing. Here's what's important to them. Like that's going to make my education that much stronger. Yeah. I mean, I think just to tag onto that, you know, I've been surprised. I'm not as good as like, let me introduce myself to somebody I don't know. I'm like, oh, let me play on my phone in the corner here for a little while until I'm, you know, someone familiar turns up. Mm-hmm. But I've been pleasantly surprised just like randomly turning up to events and that kind of thing. There are those, you know, you can't program it opportunities to meet people that, like Justin said, you can help each other out, you know each other. And, and the longer, even if it's just an acquaintance that you see at one of those events once a month, every couple of months, I've been in the industry, this is my 16th year. And now it's just funny because I can go back a decade and, and I'm not afraid to call that person and just ask for a favor. Like it's not weird. It would be if it was the first time, but now that we've interacted enough. And so it, it takes time and some of the most, some of those people that I'm probably closest to or can really count on for advice 
when things are tough or just help in getting a problem solved. A lot of those people are people that I randomly met by accident, you know, bumping into them at a bar on the, you know, at an event where we were both going to the bar at the same time, whatever. And it's been pretty phenomenal. So that's how sometimes jobs end up happening. There's, but I think it's, it's one of those, it's weird because at first, if you're a student, you're like, I'm talking to this person because I need a job in a little bit. (laughs) But a lot of those people don't really mind and entry-level jobs are frustrating, right? Like they're, they're hard to get because it's, Every entry-level job's first thing says three to five years of experience. And then you say, well, how do I get three to five years of experience if you won't hire me now? Right. And then the other part of it is just, in some ways, you feel like, well, I don't have anything. I haven't done anything to show you necessarily, but I need to start somewhere. But the flip side of that is there's a lot more of those jobs than there are, you know, C-suite. You know, I've got to be picky, really picky. And so all you got to do is put yourself together and put yourself out there and things can come your way. So I will just reiterate what Alex is saying and Alex has done is a path to some great opportunities and relationships in the future. Yeah. So Alex, I'm curious, you know, now that you're close to graduating, you know, you probably want some boots on the ground. Do you have any aspirations? You said drilling is certainly something that interests you. Are you wanting to stay, you know, more on the operator side of things? Do you want to, you know, engineer wells? Do you have any, you know, inside of drilling? And you don't have to say drilling fluids. I know, although I know that's your favorite class, but is there, is there anything, if, if you had to pick, you know, a certain job or, or, you know, whatever, if you could just dive into it, what would that be? Sure. So I'll be starting as a, a rotational engineer in June, actually. And ah, part of okay. the, the really cool thing about that is it's, it's almost like three months of each discipline of production, drilling, reservoir and completions. And so I'm really excited about that because my previous internships have been in production and drilling, but you know I haven't seen the, the reservoir side or completion side very much. So I'm really excited about that. Now, as far as the technical side, uh, drilling is really kind of what catches my eye, but you know there's a work-life balance too. And so I'm interested to see how you know a full-time production engineer is and, and you know, you know, starting a family, things like that. So yeah, a lot of, a lot of decisions to make, but yeah, it's just hard to say at this point. No, I, I understand. Well, maybe a future drilling Great. manager is in your blood. You never know. There you go. <laughs> right. Right. Well, just don't forget about us. Yeah. Remember, yeah, hey, yeah, AES kissed up on. to you first. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's funny. Good deal. Alex, you know, it's been an absolute pleasure. Matt, do you have any questions or, or comments that you'd like to strike with Alex? I know he's busy and probably he's going to hit the books, you know, once we get off here. So I want to respect well, his time. I have one more education question. I was just curious. So you're wrapping up your last semester. You know, when I was in, when I studied engineering, we had like a senior design project. We had kind of some, some big things at the end where I think a lot of folks are like last semester, like I can blow this off. Are you, I mean, are, are you working on any... <laughs> Any big things to finish up the year or is it like, okay, I just got to get through some finals and, you know, I'm, I'm good to go. So wait, how, how are you finishing up at Tech? Good question. Sure. That's a great question. It's really funny you, you asked that. I think I've had more life events in the last week than I have in the last 10 years. So <laughs> selling a house and buying a house and things like that. But as far as the education goes, you know, last semester was, was pretty heavy with that senior design project and, you know, trying to, each person is assigned a discipline and you you know, you present that to the, the faculty and then the, sem- the second semester. So this spring, um, we're basically multiplying our design by, you know, a hundred wells or something like that. So trying to do more of a, a larger scale development. And so the project gets that much bigger and 
that much more time allocated to it. And it's really interesting, but, you know, like you said, I'm, I tried to take 12 hours just to scale back a little bit, but that means you're in the classroom less, but you're, you're at home more to do more work on that project. So <laughs> I would say it's almost busier this semester than it has been in the past, but, you know, I just want to finish out strong and, and not regret, you know, giving it your all that, that last few weeks. So here we are and yeah, we're, we're almost there though. So it's exciting. Good for you. I mean, so I'll just, you know, going back, I made, we had to do some sort of electronic apparatus. I don't remember all the design requirements, but I had to, we had to make shoes that generated electricity where you walked basically okay, and had to power something. And <laughs> it was like, I was really trying not to fail college. And it ultimately ended up where I was like, not showing up to any, I was taking some business classes my last semester, but I had my senior design project and it turned out, I just wasn't, I was only showing up for the test for those classes. And I had friends in there that were like mad at me because and I was like, this is really, accounting is easy compared to the stuff I've been dealing with. But I was in the lab every other minute. And it was like, that wasn't structured time that I had hours for. It was just like, I have to do this. Mm-hmm. Fun part of that story. It turns out the corner that we were working in had a bunch of electromagnetic magnetic interference. And so it was actually like screwing up our project, but only half the time when certain equipment was on. So we really had no idea what we were doing. Like it eventually worked, but <laughs> it was a disaster. <laughs> I still managed to graduate, thankfully, but I know how tough that stuff can be and how sometimes you feel like you're like shooting darts because you've had all this academic stuff and then you got to apply it. And you're like, I don't know if this is right or wrong, but my professor hasn't like run me out of the building yet. So, but it's got to feel good to kind of be wrapping that up. And then I'll tell you on the other side of it, you'll be like, oh, I studied this in college. And then you'll go like work for somebody and they'll be like, yeah, we don't do any of that that way, actually. <laughs> And it, you realize like you're starting your education all over again in some ways. Not that yeah. that experience isn't helpful, but anyways, that's just an interesting thing to hear. But yeah, anyway, exactly. yeah, that was my question. I, I'm just, I was just a little curious how, how you're finishing up because you said you were buying a house. You've got all these other big events going on. And it's like, I think everybody's going through a lot of change, but students right now, it's like a lot of change. And so... I'm glad to hear it sounds like you're you're gonna make it. Yeah, well thank you. I'm very I, I close. Appreciate I appreciate those thoughts. And you know, one thing that just occurred to me, so if this helps any other students as well, you know, you're right. You go through four years of school and you realize, hey, that's that's only, you know, just a minuscule part of what you're gonna learn. But you know, that four year degree is kind of a way of learning how to solve problems and that's kind of what you're gonna be doing in the field from what I expect. So you kind of develop that skill set and so Absolutely. And I will say that one of the most fun things, I mean, I'm a, I'm a technical guy, right? But one of the most fun things is to be in a room full of a bunch of really smart people who've got some experience and try and solve a problem and just look around and be like, man, the horsepower we have in here, like, (laughs) like we're going to fix this. It is like, I've just had a few, you know, a number of moments in my career and, and some of the folks that, especially on the chemical side, working down here in our lab, we're just writing on the whiteboard. I'm looking around. I'm like, we're going to figure this out. It's a lot of fun. So you've been solving a lot of problems on paper, but just wait until you're working with big iron and solving problems that way. There you go. Yeah, that's exciting. It's exciting to think about. There you go. Well, Alex, do you have any closing last words, any messages you'd like to relay to everyone listening out there? Sure. I'd, you know, I guess, First of all, to you guys, I appreciate your time. And Matt, I appreciate you guys coming to AAD at Texas Tech and sharing your your wisdom. That's actually something 
one of our professors is still talking about uh, some of the, the fluids concepts you guys talked about. So uh, it's having an impact on the department anyway, and we appreciate you guys thinking of us. And yeah, you know, to the students, I, you know, I hope you keep your heads up. Things are looking a little bit better now and, you know, just, just keep working hard. Don't let up. And, you know, I think good things will pay off for you. So. That's exactly. No, appreciate those words, Alex. And again, thanks for joining us today. What's the best way for folks to reach out if they're, if they have any questions or, you know, any younger students who may be able to identify with you or even just, you know, joining AEDE, what's the best way to connect with you? Sure. Probably the easiest way would be through LinkedIn. My full name is Alexander Davis and I should have a picture pops up with the Texas Tech logo on it. So there you go. feel free to check that out. Or if you know you want to put my email in the show notes, feel free to do that as well. And we can, I'd be happy to answer any questions I can from a student's perspective or yeah, you know, if I can't answer it, I'll figure out somebody that can. So yeah, no, that's great. The best feeling is to be able to give back and help others. So appreciate you willing to do that. Well, everyone out there, that's a wrap. Thanks for listening. If you could, please support the show by leaving a quick review. Also, if you have any great, if you have a great story or simply any comments, please hop on LinkedIn and reach out to either Matt and I. You can also hit us up at flowlinepodcast at aesfluids.com. Thanks again, everyone. Take care and be safe. Thank you, Alex. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. Please tune in next week for another exciting episode of The Flowline. And remember, may your returns always be full and your trips always smooth. Views expressed in this program belong to participants and not their employees. The program is for informational purposes only and cannot take the place of seeking professional advice. Copyright AES Drilling Fluids.